This is the movie Hall of Fame Sports Movie Edition for Thursday, April 16th, 2020. You know, Adam Hall, I just couldn't help myself. It's been a very trying time for Nico, the sports fan. I know. Sitting at home watching horse competitions on ESPN2. Is that what you've been watching? Well, that sucks. Desperate times, man. Desperate competitions. Is that the best they can do? There's got to be something better out there than horse competitions, right? I'm literally sitting there and Chris Paul is on Skype with some fucking chick from the WNBA and they're standing at their home basketball courts and going, all right, off the backboard on one leg. And they're going, all right, I'll try off the backboard. on." They're literally playing horse. NBA players are playing horse. Oh, no. It's not good. Oh, no. It's not good. That's actually quite pathetic. We've sunk watching, to that level. Watching 2K. I'm watching like NBA rookies play NBA 2K on Xbox over Zoom. <sighs> oh, dude. Dude, don't sink to that level. I, you, I, what do you mean? I've already sunk. Dude, Anchor, no. has been, Anchor has been dropped, dude. There's, there, there's got to be something you can come up with. I don't know. Is, is curling around? Curling's curling is not around. <laughs> Curling what is not around, or I would have gone there already. Believe you me. <laughs> we can admit, like, be honest with yourself. Cur- curling might be better than the NBA. Might be so better. So <laughs> I went on my gambling site of choice because you know me. Stimulus check is here, so i got to do something with it. <laughs> um, and uh, there are very few options you can gamble on, but the most high profile, from what I can tell, is Russian hockey. I can gamble on Russian hockey. Okay. That's it's that the, Russians... or the NFL draft. Yeah, I guess the Russians just don't get Corona. I suppose. Haven't they been lying about that? I mean, what's been going on? I hear a lot of mixed things of... The Russian the government hell's... lying about something? No. Well... <laughs> Come on. Besides the obvious, it's how just dare like... you? How dare you accuse our supreme leader, Vladimir Putin, of lying about something? I'm sorry, Bernie. <laughs> but... <laughs> um. <laughs> The uh, yeah no like it, it's 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 interesting the lack of fucks given over there at this point and how how much we're struggling to get by you know yeah they're just I, like hey we Russians <sighs> in Soviet Russia take a shot of vodka, virus catch good. you yeah <laughs> virus <laughs> like seriously like it's 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 miserable over here and I wish we could have that attitude to just be like you know what fuck it we'll we'll risk it all just I'm kill still grandma. going. Yeah, just shoot grandma on the head right now. Get it over with. <laughs> and cr- grandma's just like, 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 like the fucking Joker. I imagine K- just, K- just do KGB's. it. KGB's got it under control. <laughs> Hit me. I'm here. Oh, oh boy. I don't know. Point being, what? there's no sports on television. Mm-hmm. So I decided let's do a whole podcast devoted to sports movies. So we've nominated six movies for induction to the movie yeah. hall of fame today. And I have a feeling that we're going to have a pretty complicated conversation about sports movies. What say you? Definitely complicated. I think the conversation is going to be much more fruitful surrounding the genre of sports movies rather than the movies themselves. Because, I mean, a lot of these I don't have that much to say about. And I I think there's a reason for that. Um, But I'd also like to comment, uh, separate and apart from what I was just saying, uh, I think you owe me an Adam podcast because you you got your Woody (laughs) Allen, you got your sports pod. We need to balance this shit out right now. Right now? All right, next week I'll give it to you. I'll give it. it, So so you think it over and then at the end of the podcast you give me one. Oof. Okay. 
<laughs> I did watch a lot of movies. Yeah, I, and I will... Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'll give it a try. All right, well, <laughs> think it over. Mix up your evil cocktail, and then by the end of the podcast, you can pour it down my throat. Yeah. Um, let me There's ask you no a question. Idea. Because I, yeah. I, I, I think there's a couple ways that we have to start this conversation. Number one, how do you define a sports movie? Because I think that this is a very, like, where you draw the line here, I think, is going to determine what you think about sports movies and what you like or don't like about them. Uh, man, that's tough. I mean, the problem is when you're defining a lot of things, like a lot of the the important parts of any movie have less to do with the facade of it being like quote unquote a war movie or in quote unquote a sports movie. We know? talk about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, the best war movies are the ones that don't focus on war. Yeah. It's we the say same that way. almost all the time. Yeah. It's the reason why I don't really consider Raging Bull much of a sports movie. It's just part of the character's life is the sport, but right. it's more about the character's life. Yes. And I the sport is the tapestry of the movie. Yeah. And I suppose if you wanted to break it down, you could say like the entire the entire internal struggle surrounds this sporting event and what comes of that, I suppose, which is why, and I guess some of these movies fit that bill, but I guess the difference between those movies and say Raging Bull is that the internal conflict is much more personal than that. And in a lot of ways it has almost nothing to do with boxing. Yeah. Uh, obviously there are two high profile boxing scenes and those yeah. boxing scenes do say a lot about the character. So it's not mm -hmm. like all of the action takes place away from the boxing ring. Um, so I think technically speaking, Raging Bull is a sports movie. We already inducted Raging Bull when we did the year 1980, so it's not going to be a nominee today. And I think if it were a nominee today, it would win handily. Um, and I think if you go at any, look at any list on the internet, best sports movies of all time, Raging Bull is at least number one or in the top three. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think here's how I would define it. The sport has to be part of the climax of the movie. <laughs> yeah. The movie has to build to the sporting event. Whether or not the person wins or loses the match has to be crucial to the arc of the story. Sure. If whether or not they lose is neither here nor there, then it's not really a sports movie. You know, if the sport is say in the background like something like Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire was one that I saw coming up a yeah. lot. Um, I, I don't really think of Jerry Maguire as a sports movie. Uh -huh. I certainly don't think of The Big Lebowski as a sports movie. <laughs> Although I see that on a lot of lists because bowling is involved. Bowling is just a hobby that these characters do. It's not like mm -hmm. the sport that they're engaging in. And the result of that, th that bowling match doesn't mean anything to the movie, right? No, <laughs> no, not, not even close. It's just because there are some... Uh, like notable scenes that take place in a bowling alley. I guess that's the only reason. But I mean, the fact that they're bowling is completely secondary. It's an additive detail. It does. You don't need the bowling for the movie to work. Right. Right. Um, I also think that documentaries. We could have nominated some documentaries. Obviously, sure. Hoop Dreams is already in the Hall of Fame, so that could have been a contender. Thing about Hoop Dreams, though, unlike a lot of other sports documentaries or documentaries about athletes. Again, climaxes at the basketball game. You know, yeah. although it, the movie says a lot about these characters and their home lives, the mm -hmm. actual basketball game still matters in that movie. That's true. So, again, like you have to foreground the games. 
all six of these movies foreground the games. And by the way, the six nominees, Rocky, The Bad News Bears, The Karate Kid, Hoosiers, Bull Durham, Friday Night Lights. Although they say a lot of things about these characters' personal lives, and although the camera sometimes travels away from the playing field, the game is still the most important part of the story. Yep. Yep. So. Pretty much. Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Question number two. What do you think of sports movies, Adam Hall? I don't like sports movies. Yeah. <laughs> not, I mean, it's it. that's not entirely fair. I, it's not that I don't like them, but... Uh, and I mean, we've sort of talked about this in the past, but with when I don't know, like, like genres, you know, hold two ideas and cliches and whatnot. But I don't know if there's another genre that holds to them as as dearly as sports movies do. Mm, well, put. the phrase, yeah, I mean, the phrase you've seen one, you've seen them all. I hate to say it, but could not be more applicable here. If I'm being completely honest, mm. with the fair exception of like. Uh, one in particular on this list, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and yeah, we'll 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 get there. But yeah, I mean, they're good fun. There's, they're, I I don't see a lot that are like terrible movies. Every once in a while, you come across one, but they hit that like Marvel movie kind of plateau where it's like, yeah, they're all they're good, they're fine. Which is why yeah. I'm not like enthused about this pod. You know, it, you'd have to have a deep love for what the game represents to really get into them, in my opinion. You know, I'm 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 not exactly that person. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I do think in general, sports movies are pretty disposable. Yeah. Um, they certainly have a formula that they follow quite rigidly, particularly in the 70s and 80s. I think, you know, around the turn of the millennia, somewhere like early 2000s, and now there's a ton of sports movies that come out now. And I think like those movies are elevated compared to what we got in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd actually like to add like a lot of the ones that we chose not to nominate are, yeah. in my opinion, should have been talked about because I just think they're significantly better movies. <laughs> OK, well, we'll, we'll yeah, talk about yeah. those. I have a long list of honorable mentions yeah. so you can point out which ones we, we missed. I do think that there is a, a an old adage that holds true boxing movies are just better than any other types of sports movies usually yeah there's there's something about boxing the sport that is more visceral more cinematic more real and more authentic and i i think there's just a theory of mine the reason for that is because boxing is an individual sport yeah it's one guy against another guy so in the case of something like raging bull the character study is a lot more personal a lot more intimate mm-hmm. most sports are at least popular American sports are team sports. And there's always something a little impersonal and distant about watching a team of 10 people unite to defeat a common enemy. There's always something a bit cliche and, and, and tired about that idea. Same reason that a lot of war movies leave me sort of cold by the end of them. I, I much prefer when a war movie focuses on one or two people. Once it becomes this, you know, squadron of 10 people banding together to fight the enemy I just sort of roll my eyes and I think, ugh, this is a little too corny for my taste. Mm. Um, and it, does that make sense? I don't know. I've complained about this in the past and you've always pushed back on me on this, but there, I, I prefer a movie about an individual. I think movies about individual people as opposed to teams or groups are just more interesting and compelling. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I mean, I, a lot of war movies, I don't know. Some of them do it pretty well. I mean, 
But what you're just the things you don't like in in my opinion are completely present in Dunkirk, but you like Dunkirk. See, I don't find Dunkirk to be like a corny story about unity. Like I I see those characters as just like, you know, little roaches on the beach ready to get blown up and doing everything they can to survive. I I I yeah, see it as like a, as a pretty horrifying individual get. story. Don't you think it's as impersonal as you could possibly get, though? Uh, well, if you call it impersonal, not because of what I'm talking about here. I suppose. You know? I, think it, I think it is no matter how you look at it. I think that's the point of the movie. Uh, um, that's, a, that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's a different... I, I understand what you're saying, but that's a different conversation. What I'm talking about here is... When you tell a story about a group of 11 guys on a baseball team, mm. it's a lot less compelling than just one dude in a boxing ring. Well, and it's again, because of the number. Yeah, well, it's, it's the, the kiss principle where you just cut out all the bullshit and you can just focus in on this one juicy detail and exploit it to its fullest extent. You can mine everything you want out of that one thing. You don't have to worry about not only mining those other resources, but trying to develop them and put them through the story and balance it. And it's, it's this weird juggling act that ends up happening and you can never get the, 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 the most profound emotional response that you would need. I mean, again, like you said, unless you wanted to focus on just like one or two characters characters then you can really like hone in on those things and yeah. yeah it's usually more effective yeah uh okay so let's dig into this um afi did a list american film institute top 10 sports movies of all time i will read them for you now number 10 they have jerry Maguire, which we just talked about not really okay. a sports movie number nine national velvet a horse racing movie from 1944 Number eight, Breaking Away, which I think was a bicycle movie, I think. I don't know. 79. Number seven, Caddyshack. <laughs> okay, yeah. that. Ooh. Yeah, See, I, I actually think that is a sports movie because the climax yeah. of the movie is a golf match. And it's, it, I, it is soaked in being a golf movie, though. That's the yeah, thing. Right. Yeah, I think we missed out on that one. I think it can. Well, we already talked about it. Before, yeah, right? We talked about Rocky. I don't know. Well, it's Rocky. Uh, number six, The Hustler, which you contend is not a sports movie. Yeah. I think it is, but I think it's not. I mean, we could but have an hour long debate whether or not pool is a sport, but it's fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and I love that movie, but that's fucking retarded. How do you not love that movie? Uh, number five, Bull Durham. Number. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> number five? Oh no i'm not looking huh? forward to this bull durham conversation number four hoosiers okay number three pride of the yankees i almost nominated it mm -hmm. 1942 i'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth i wish you had yeah i mean that's like like the gettysburg address of the 20th century that lou gehrig <laughs> speech right well, I I need to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, Rocky, and number one, Raging Bull. Okay. Uh, uh, I did take a look at the National Film Registry to see what they inducted. I just pulled out a couple, um, the sports movies in the National Film Registry. The Corbett Fitzsimmons Fight, which is a documentary from 1897, one of the first full-length sporting events ever put to film. Uh, and it was shown in theaters, a boxing match in 1987 or 1897. Uh, Enter the Dragon. Is that a sports movie? 
Uh, it's about no. a martial artist. It's. I don't really think it's about martial arts, though. Okay. Not in that. Not in that sense. Not in the competitive sense. Uh, Field of Dreams, 1989, another Costner baseball movie. Eh, I like Bull Durham more. That's just me. <laughs> uh, Hoop Dreams, Hoosiers, The Hustler, A League of Their Own, just missed the cut. One that I like very much. You don't really like it. No, I, I like it. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> Raging Bull, Rocky, and they call it pro football. NFL Films, their first movie, okay. 1967. Uh, oh, boy. Honorable mentions. Some modern ones for you. You let me know if this should have been nominated here. Creed. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Moneyball. Again, these movies came out less than 10 years ago. They shouldn't technically be eligible by our rules. Yeah, probably should have been nominated. <laughs> I fucking love Moneyball, dude. Me too. The Fighter. No. The Blind Side. No. I like Sandra Bullock in that movie. Sue me. I like that movie fine. I it's like good. it. It's Sue me. No. Uh, the Wrestler, not really a sports movie. No. More tapestry no. there. Uh, this is a trifecta that I just can't stand, but people love it very much. Remember the Titans, We Are Marshall and Miracle. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Miracle. Um, I mean, the others, like, I don't, I feel like I haven't seen all of we no actually i have seen we are marshall but i don't remember anything about it i saw it in high school so yeah there was that um and remember the titans yeah okay i hate all three of those movies and that's one of the reasons why i hated sports movies growing up just yeah awful so cliche uh cinderella man i like quite a lot okay yeah i love paul giamatti in it and that's really 90 percent of the reason why that one that's actually a decent um uh um ron howard film so yeah, it is. Uh, million Dollar Baby. Mm. Mm, on the Again, edge. That one, yeah, that one kind of rides that line, too. Rank the following movies for me. Dodgeball, Talladega Nights, Happy Gilmore, and The Water Boy. Dodgeball, number one. Happy Gilmore, number two. What were the other ones? Talladega Nights and The Water Boy. Oh, boy. Um, oh God, Jesus Christ, I don't know. Probably Talladega Nights and then Waterboy. That is correct. Yeah. Congratulations, you passed the game. <laughs> I, don't partic- I don't particularly like Talladega Nights, though. I don't either. I don't either. Um, two uh, hockey movies, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, whatever. And Slap- Slapshot almost made it. I would have liked to have talked to Slapshot, but whatever. Should Slapshot have been in? I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Major League? Pretty no. fun. Yeah, but no. Okay. Uh Sandlot. <laughs> I was always a I was always a bad news bears kid. Yeah, I mean I love Sandlot. I that's doesn't it's it's very different. It's not, you're, you're, hardly a, a sports movie in a way. You're either Team Edward or Team Jacob growing up, and you're also either Team Bad News Bears or Team Sandlot, and I was Team yep. Bad News Bears. Um Rudy. <laughs> I like Rudy, but yeah. it's, again, it's another instance where it's like, eh, it's not good enough necessarily to nominate. Space Jam is not a good movie, but, you know, nostalgia is a powerful thing. The Natural is like my father's favorite sports movie, uh, and it's Robert Redford, and it's a baseball movie, and I can't stand it. And I don't even think he, like, thinks it's a good movie, but he just finds it very entertaining. 
Yeah. Uh, White Men Can't Jump. Never seen uh, Tin Cup. I think both directed by the same guy. Kevin Costner. Another Kevin Costner movie. Tin, tin Cup. Uh, cool Runnings. Jamaican bobsled team. Oh, so fun. for a movie. So fun. Chariots of Fire. Ugh. Eight Men Out. All right, fine movie. Uh, Chicago Black Sox scandal. He's got Game, Ray Allen, Spike Lee, Denzel. Pretty good. Okay. Bang the drum slowly. What's that? Bobby De Niro. Early De Niro performance. Baseball movie. Oh, okay. That's you, different. You would like it. Brian's Song is one that I see come up all the time. It's a TV movie. It's often considered one of the great TV movies of all time. Hmm. Brian's Song. Uh, the Longest Yard. Not the new one. The original, of course. Old Burt, really fun yep. movie. Color of Money, sequel to The Hustler, apparently not a sport. Varsity Blues, a fun uh, football movie, along with Any Given Sunday. Um, the Replacements, which is basically Hoosiers, but it's football. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's Gene Hackman and Keanu Reeves. It oh, was I like, didn't know that. It's like, let's do Hoosiers, except let's make it football. So it's it's the same thing. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Basketball Diaries, early Leo performance. Yeah. Uh, Kingpin, there's a bowling movie. Um, Ali, The Hurricane. Mm. And according to you, poker is not a sport, so I will not say rounders. You're so <laughs> dumb sometimes. I can't even wrap my head around it. I think here's the other thing about uh, sports movies, and I, I can just tell by that list. I think comedies work a lot better than dramas. Like what? What do you mean? Well, I, I just think like there's something very self-serious about putting sports in a movie. Yeah. Because here's the thing, right? Like sports, you're already staging an, an act of entertainment. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like filming a Broadway show. You know, there, there's no reason to dramatize something that's already dramatic. Sure, I guess. I mean, you don't we don't know how dramatic a sport game is really going to be. You don't know. I've seen plenty of events. I've seen Super Bowls that are not dramatic even in the slightest. Right. But when they end up being dramatic, it's always very exciting. But I don't need a I don't need a score or great cinematography in order to communicate that. Yes. You know? Yeah, I get that. So 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 what would you do? Well, that's why I think in general comedies work a lot better Um, just because comedies are poking fun at the sport and the and the pageantry of all of it. Okay, you know that's fair. I mean, I guess I, I would probably enjoy a comedic sports movie over uh, a self serious one. That being said, I like it when they're kind of right in between, where they can be funny but just generally enjoyable, like like Moneyball. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at this list in general. The comedies there are more comedies here than dramas, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Hmm. Okay, okay. So let's get What's into up? this. What are we doing first? We're doing Rocky first. Oh, oh we're getting going that one out of the way. Well, we've talked about it already. Chronological yeah. <laughs> order here. 1976, directed by John G. Alvidson, who directed two movies on this list. That's right. Do not expect to see the names of great directors as we talk about these movies today, by the way. <laughs> uh, of course, written by Sly Stallone, starring Sly Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess. Meredith, winner of Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Film Editing at the Oscars. Also nominated for Best Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, twice over... Screenplay, best sound, best original song. Gonna fly now, of course, is that song. 
A small-time boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight a heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. Yep. Why is this considered the best sports movie of all time? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, there's lots of reasons, isn't there? It's just, I don't know, it's generally more inspirational than probably any other movie on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is just the heart of Sly Stallone's Rocky. I think that's probably the biggest part, more than anything, is his performance. Um, and it's maybe it's just how deeply the movie earns the, that level of respect to, I don't know, telling it like a Cinderella story that actually feels like like kind of real and grounded and it's not really all that cheesy. And like I said, you can't help but love that journey. And it's, it, it, I mean, for people like us who kind of know the behind the scenes, it's also just incredible to see Sly Stallone tell this story and at that point in his life and be successful. And it was, you know, kind of you know, remarkable to see him get to where he, he is now. So, yeah, I mean, why it's the greatest of all time. I mean, I don't know. I just think it comes down to him. Uh, yeah, I think that's as good a reason as any. Obviously, he bet on himself here. We've talked about the behind-the-scenes story in the past. Yeah. Had this screenplay, was offered over $100,000 to buy the screenplay. He said, no, I want to star in this movie. So he did it himself, and uh, the rest is history. He's a yeah. self-made action star, essentially. Slides to yeah. a self-made superstar, and there are very few of those in Hollywood. Um, yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, you know, I like The Karate Kid a lot really like the karate kid but that's another john g alvinson movie and i don't think from like a directorial level there is that much difference between rocky and the karate kid no you know but you add stallone not only his performance but his script and it's imbued with so much more heart yeah i think you're 100 right this is all on the back of stallone mm-hmm. the entire thing is on the back of stallone if ralph macchio is the lead in rocky it does not work <laughs> no no, but I think a lot of that is because, like, you, you see Sylvester Stallone, and he looks a little funny. He's not, like, the, the most gorgeous human being ever. And he talks weird. He sort of has, a, a like, a punky goofball way about him. And then to see him rise above all those preconceived ideas of who he is and, you know, be this great, even in losing at the end, it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's hard not to, like, absolutely love everything about that. And yeah. I don't think it would work... Uh, as well if you got like anybody else honestly i mean yeah, like who the, who else could have done it well i mean look you think about like the other action stars of the era so like if jean-claude van damme is in this movie you know yeah. or if god schwarzenegger is in this movie or yeah p- pick any even if carl weathers is the lead let's yeah. say carl weathers is the lead and some other actor plays uh apollo I don't think it has the sincerity that Stallone brings to it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who was originally cast as Rocky? I don't know. Let me look that up right now. And, and let's see, because the studio I know wanted someone else. Uh, original casting. Um, uh, oh, shoot. Man, let me no let's see. Rocky French, uh, just get to the freaking heat <laughs> of the article. I know. We got to have this stuff ready to go. We need, a, we need our assistants. Where are our assistants? Our comm assistants? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, we we could have done a research ahead of time too. I guess that's done that. yeah. an idea. Uh, okay, here's who they wanted. Ready? <laughs> Here are the three options: Burt Reynolds. Oh, okay. No, doesn't work, right? No. <sighs> He's no, doing it with I too think... much of a wink. I think if he does it. Yeah, I mean, I think what it comes down to a lot is that I mean, it's hard not to feel something for a mangy stray dog. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what Rocky is. Bert's too and good I mean, looking. Yeah. I think of that scene where Adrian gives him buck kiss, gets buck kiss mm. back. Mm. And that's just a, a, a really adorable scene. But like in a weird way, like he feels like a perfect companion to that dog. And mm. to, to see her just kind of like like her heart melt over, you know, what she's done for him in that little moment. And it's very quiet. They don't play it up necessarily. But mm. it's a nice... I don't know. It sort of wraps him up uh, quite nicely. I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just keep coming back to that where it's where it's like I don't think you have this movie without Stallone and his in his kind of uh, unique charm. I don't know how to describe it. It's just him. Would James Caan as Rocky have worked? No, of course not. Right? Would Ryan O'Neal has Rocky have worked? You need more flaws. That's what I keep saying. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like like Rocky is completely imperfect. Right. And you, you need that for for a story like this to work. Yeah, I think Burt, Khan, O'Neill all play it uh, with a wink. They all yep. are a little too self-aware and they're not sincere enough. But uh, Stallone just brings such a heart and soul to the script because he wrote it. And yep. um, yeah, you're right. This is like a one man operation here. Mm-hmm. But it's the all other th- Stallone. Well, you're right, and a lot of it is is it's funny. Even though he wrote the script and he insisted on on acting in it, you don't get like the same level of ego that I think you would get out of a, a out of a James Caan or right. a Burt Reynolds or a Schwarzenegger for that matter. It's mm. just like he he's it, very obvious that he bet everything on this movie, and he's mm-hmm. just like he's it's like he's on the verge of tears after every take. Like he goes back into his trailer and he's like, "Don't fuck this up, kid." You know? Right, right. There's I a really desperation do. to it. Yeah, kind of yeah. like the character. There's a desperation to him. There's a hunger. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. feel that. I think I just saw on Instagram, uh, Stallone was doing like a Q&A and someone asked him, what's the movie that you're most proud of? And I yeah. think he said that Rocky Balboa was the hardest movie that he ever had to make in terms of really? getting it financed. No one wanted to make the movie and he spent forever trying to get it financed and made. And uh, yeah, I think that's the one. But there is like a real artistic merit to what Stallone does even though you don't think of it that way I mean he writes some of the scripts and look the Rocky movies are hit or miss we know that there are some good ones there are some bad ones um but he just pours his heart and soul into all of them and you can feel it you can actually feel it and uh yeah I think that's why Rocky is probably by the letter of the description the best sports movie of all time pure sports movie yeah I would say that no, go yeah. Rocky. <laughs> I don't know what uh, else to say. Nothing else to say other than let's move on to the Bad News Bears. Oh, cool. Directed by Michael Ritchie, starring Walter Matthau, Tatum O'Neill, and a young Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, I didn't know that until I rewatched this movie a couple of years ago. Hmm. That was really weird. Nominated for zero Academy Awards, and that is a goddamn shame. An aging, down-on-his-luck ex-minor leaguer coaches a team of misfits in an ultra-competitive California Little League. <laughs> this is a perfect movie, Adam. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> this is a perfect, <laughs> perfect movie. 
this is the one I think I've seen the most out of any movie on this list. Really? I used to, I used to watch this one a lot as a kid, and my dad is like just loves this movie because he's a big Walter Matthau fan. Oh, yeah. But I didn't realize like like how good it actually was until much later when I rewatched it a few more times in high school, and just like the genius that is everything Walter Matthau does in this movie. He is every unbelievable in this movie. <laughs> like, like, like snubbed in my opinion. Oh yeah! Seriously. Oh Seriously. hell yeah, dude! And not just in the parts where he like shows up drunk to the field or whatever. They find him drunk, whatever, and him just right. being a bumbling fool. But also just the way he interacts with Tatum O'Neill half the time. Oh yeah, yeah. And even just in, in regards to how he responds to her saying she needs a bra soon, stuff like that. It's like it's there's there's never a moment where I don't want him on screen, or or there's never a moment where every line he delivers is not like pure gold. It's just I, I don't know. Like well, it makes it reminds me like oh yeah like like we will. I don't think we 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 ever had anyone like Walter Matthau. No, you know. And I, I, this is another movie where it's like a lot of the a lot of what makes it great for me rests on him. But I that's the thing though. I don't want to sell the rest of the cast short because I think the kids do a really wonderful job in this. And oh, Tatum O'Neill is wonderful. Yeah, well, not just her though, but like the volatile chemistry with all the other players is just great, right? And just to see them like kick each other's asses and just hate each other because they know they suck, right? <laughs> the fat kid wonderful. that's eating chocolate behind the plate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this this is could it may be my favorite movie on the list. Uh, you know what? It might be mine too. It's pretty close. Yeah, this is an incredible. L- let's see if we can find some room for him in the list of best picture or best actor nominees. Okay. Peter Finch wins for Network, which, all right, fine. De Niro for Taxi Driver, Stallone for Rocky, William Holden for Network, and Giancarlo Giannini from Seven Beauties. I've never seen Seven Beauties, but I think Matthau is better than William Holden in Network. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I love a performance with apathy. I love an apathetic performance. <laughs> I love a guy that plays disinterested. Oh, who's just a complete shithead schlub. Yes. That's all he is. Yeah. And, you know, they really do nothing to find something. I mean, obviously, the end of it, the climax is sort of redeeming. Like that last game, there is an inspirational message at the end of it. They still lose the game, obviously. Spoiler yeah. alert. And they still have like the, the beer shower celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for the most part, like. He is so, like, disinterested in what the hell is going on. It's as if he's not even acting. He's just standing (laughs) in the scene, just rolling his eyes, reading the paper, smoking, like, those old cigarettes with, like, the the, uh, the mouthpiece on them. It's so weird. (laughs) You only see those now, like, at the cigars that you get at, like, at the gas station for a buck. Yep. And no one uses them anymore because he just looks like such a shithead when you use them. It's so trashy. Yeah. He just, he just sells trashy better than anybody. It's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. He is so wonderful in this movie. And just watching him is hysterical. You mm-hmm. know, just watching them lose that first game. And he goes, hey, yeah, we're going to forfeit. Hey, we're calling it. Oh, leave your kids on the, on the field, coach. Ah, they're going to forfeit. 
<laughs> I just love like like when you look at someone like him and it's like Walter Matha should not be anywhere near these kids. Yes. <laughs> He's just going to traumatize them. Right. And it's such a perfect it's like the best casting for a character like that. Mm. It's like who better to play this role than Walter Matthau? Because like every, I, I imagine all those kids like just were, were terrified of him every day. <laughs> it, it, it was a finer time when kids yeah. were allowed to be around adults like that. You know, <laughs> it was like like that. That's against like child acting laws, in my opinion. <laughs> There's a clause yeah. that says don't get your kid anywhere near Walter Matthau. A drunk Walter Matthau. Did you ever play Little League? Yeah, a little bit. Very like long, obviously a long time ago, but like not even when I played, it wasn't for that long. Yeah, I played for, I think, two seasons. Um, okay. And a lot of the the jokes that they make in this movie certainly echo the the experience of Little League, like uh, the sponsors that they have to track down. Obviously, in this movie, it's the bail bondsman that sponsors the team. Yeah. And that's a great moment. But I just remember, like, you know, playing uh, Little League ball and I would have on my uniform like uh, Johnson's Landscaping. We are the Johnson's Landscapers and we're going to go out there and we're going to win for Mr. Johnson. And you used to play in like these horrible fields that were like in the back back of like a like a like a wood pallet area place oh, or like yeah. a lumber yard or something like that. And you're just like, what the fuck are we doing here? And we used and you're to, just play, to play. We used to play next to like an accounting office or I don't know what it was. I think it was just an yep. office building. The the field it wasn't a park that we played in. It was just like the side yard of this office building. And I'm yep. pretty sure like home plate wasn't there. We just imagined, whole, like, that's how run down this place was. Oh, there were no sucks. benches. There was nowhere to sit down. And this was like a commission game that you went to play. Um, I hated it. And my parents knew that I hated it, you know, because I would be in the outfield just running away from bees the entire game. I hated <laughs> participating in athletics. Yep. Um, but, man, if I had a coach like Walter Matthau, I definitely would have played longer. <laughs> he would have, uh, like, 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 what's the word? Like, like mortified you into playing longer like he would <laughs> he would have made it so that it was impossible to leave it would complete complete you, no complete opposite he would have been abusive relationship he would have been so unenthusiastic about coaching me that i would have just done it out of obligation oh there was so something like pick up the slack the worst thing about little league was the coach who was always like the athletic kid's dad who ran the thing it, yeah. For some reason, they would always pair the fathers with the sons. I don't understand oh, why God. they didn't split them up. And the coach took it way too seriously, kind of like the kid that ran the Yankees in, in Bad News Bears. Yeah. So he would yell at all of us for not doing our jobs right. But then his son got to be like the pitcher. And he never said a word yep. to his son. And all I wanted to do was pitch. And they would never let me pitch because it was always the son's job. And that's what it's, pushed me out. Mm-hmm. It's a weird... Well, the, the dynamic in, in Little League is just so much different because there's that inherent nepotism with every single person on the team, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the parents get so involved and it's just it's barely a game at that point. It's just like my kid's better than your kid. And that's expressed in this movie. Yes. Which I think is great. And I again, this movie oddly captures what that's like pretty well. I mean, it's it's obviously like heightened to a certain degree, but uh, you, you certainly get that vibe when you're watching it like. Yeah, I hate to admit it, but I relate to this movie quite a bit. If you ever played Little League, it's kind of what it's like. Oh, yeah. And and the participation trophy. Fuck the participation trophy. <laughs> oh, my God. 
This movie is the, the the perfect argument for why that's bullshit. I love it. I love that ending where they throw it back at the team. It's awesome. Oh, man. This movie is so unforgiving. And that's one of the reasons why I hate the remake so much. The remake just feels so toned down in PC in comparison. Oh, God, um, yeah. Do, do they have a beer shower at the end of the the remake, or is it like a soda pop shower? I don't remember that at all, actually. I don't remember anything like that. Do they do? I, they probably don't. Yeah, they definitely don't do a beer shower. I can tell yeah, you that. Yeah, I don't think they. 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 I think they might do it with like soda pop or something, like or like carbonated water. That's stupid. It's also a Linklater film. You, this is the guy who made Dazed and Confused. You would think that he would have a little more balls than that. But yeah, you would. I mean, it's a studio movie. L- Linklater will do yeah. that though. He'll he'll do the yeah. one for me, one for them. Yeah, technique, actually. You know? Now that I think about it, you're right. Yeah. I mean, School of Rock, he did too. I mean, he. School of Rock's good. I like School of Rock a lot. I like School of Rock too, but I mean, these are mainstream comedies. These are not Linklater our tour pieces, you know. Sure. Yeah, but even like School of Rock feels a little closer to Bad News Bears than his Bad News Bears, right? Honestly. Yeah, yeah. There's a little more rebellion to School of Rock, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And also, just Billy Bob is nowhere close to Mathau, man. Mathau is just off the chain in this movie. But this is the thing. Like, I don't even mind Billy Bob Thornton in that, in that movie. I generally like Billy Bob Thornton, but the, the, the issue is that he's going up against Walter Mathau. And then you're like, it, it's in, in everybody who looks at this movie and is familiar with that old movie is just going to hate it on that alone because it's like, how do you c- compete with that? And you just don't. So. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it's kind of a losing battle, unfortunately. Right. Um, yeah, I, this is no doubt a sports movie. Uh, yes. The, the climactic scene is a sporting event, and the outcome of the game is important to the plot. Mm-hmm. But it is an example of like a comedy that pokes fun at the whole premise of Little League Baseball, and I think that's why it works so well. It doesn't take any of it too seriously. This movie, it's a great satire, in is, my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it is a great satire, even though I haven't really thought of it as a satire. It kind of is. Yeah, it is satirical, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does say something about human nature and, like, <laughs> you know, overambitious parents and kids that mm-hmm. are shitheads. And mm-hmm. it, you just think back to Little League Baseball. Would you want to be on the Yankees or would you want to be on the Bad News Bears? Give me the Bad News Bears every day of the yeah. week. <laughs> it's about, yeah, it's memories and relationships, man. I, yeah. You're going to get m- more and, and, and more youthful versions of that if you're playing for the Bears. So. Right. And by the way... When I played for my very brief career in Little League Baseball, I was on the Bad News Bears in my town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah, win I'm, shit. <laughs> I don't even remember. I, we probably were just as bad, if not worse. <laughs> we didn't do shit, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were, I mean, talk about participation trophy. I've got like a whole stack of participation trophies in my, in my, uh, in my closet. The movie Hall of Participation Trophies. Nico yeah. DiGregorio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree with you. This is this is quite possibly my favorite movie on the list. Um, I adore it so much, and I don't think we've had a sports comedy like it since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird because like, it's obviously going to go up against uh, Rocky, and I'm like, you know, I, I, there, there, are, there are aspects about Bad News Bears that I do like just a little bit more than than Rocky. That's weird to say, but I think it's true. Mm-hmm. We'll get there though. We shall. Uh, Karate Kid is next on the list. Okay. <laughs> also directed by John G. Alvidson, starring Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, and Elizabeth Shue. One of my faves growing up, Elizabeth Shue. Nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards for old Pat 
Morita. Marisha? Marita? I don't know. Uh, a boy I and his mother. He... What? I was going to say, is it Marita? I think it's I Marita. I don't know. Uh, a boy and his mother move to California for a new job. He struggles to fit in as a group of karate students starts to bully him for dating a rich girl from their clique. It's up to the Japanese landlord, Miyagi, to teach him karate. Is he a landlord or is he just like the repairman? I thought he was more like the repairman. I didn't get the sense that he was a landlord necessarily. But I don't know. I needed to rewatch this movie, but I didn't, you know? Oh, this is so bizarre to me. We talked about this. I have seen this movie perhaps more than any other movie on the planet. <laughs> yeah. And you have seen it once. Mm-hmm. This is astounding to me. Yeah, front to back, I've seen this movie only once. I catch it on TV all the time, and I, I never watch it all the way through, but it's like I, it's always in my, my head. But like my memory of it now is more of the movie in pieces than the first time I ever sat down and watched it. Mm. So that being said, I enjoy this movie a lot. Well, I'm, I'm glad you do. Th- this is uh, my blockbuster rental of choice yeah. and my cable movie of choice growing up. Every time I went to blockbuster, or at least every other time I went to blockbuster, Karate Kid was the choice. And then I sort of made my way through Karate Kid 2, the next Karate Kid, all, and I did not like any of them. Always came back to the original for me. Um, and I catch it on cable still to this day whenever it's on. Yeah. I adore it. So very, very much. And much like with Rocky and Stallone being the standout performance there and the reason why the movie works so well, Pat Morita is, uh, is just like one of my favorite movie mentors of all time. <laughs> it's like the best movie mentor aside from Yoda, I guess, if you want to count Yoda. I consider Hannibal a mentor. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. He is a mentor. So I think Oddly. those are probably the top three. Yeah. Um, but just... His persona, man, his vibe, you know, wax on, wax off, paint the fence, mm-hmm. catching the flies in the in the uh, chopsticks. I love that scene. Oh, my God. I love that scene. If you can catch fly with chopstick, you can do anything. You'll be going to luck. You'll be going to luck. I love when he goes golfing and he comes oh, back yeah. and he's just got the button up. Like, who is Mr. Miyagi golfing with? <laughs> Who is Mr. Miyagi is the better question. <laughs> How does he have this sick pad, this like oasis in the middle of like L.A.? I never fully understood it. It's just like, but that's kind of what I like about it. There's just, he's just this presence. He's like this sage like being that you can, you can't fully learn everything about until you watch the other movies. Right. Um, and it ruins you know, it. <laughs> and, and yes, I've seen the second movie. Um, oh, it's not good, dude. Eh, it's whatever. Uh, ungood. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But again, like I, I sort of like the mystique surrounding the guy, and and like like it's it's great because as a member of the audience, you're kind of just as intrigued as Ralph Macchio is the entire time, and mm-hmm. you're sort of excited to learn how he's going to teach you, and then just learning like oh these unconventional ways mean so much more than just painting a fence or catching a fly and so on and so forth. And I love that about the movie probably more than anything. You know, because again, the high school stuff kind of comes and goes with me. I like yeah. it. I don't. Ne- I don't necessarily like. I'm not enamored by it. But um, aside from the scenes where he's getting bullied, those sure. are great. Johnny is um, amazing. What a great yeah. villain Johnny is. <laughs> oh boy, and nothing beats the skeletons, of course, and which has been said time and time again. But I fucking love when the skeletons come out. It's so good. Uh, yeah, 
but yes, like a lot of this hangs on just the the training between him and uh, Miyagi, and it's just infinitely uh, recognizable and iconic, and you know, like it's it's just cool. I don't know how to describe it. It's just really, really cool. Well, one of the the things that um, that the movie does so well, and I, I just thought about this now as you're talking about it. It's a really clever way to demonstrate how repetition is the key to success. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. You know, most times you watch a sports movie and there's one training montage. or mm. Like Rocky has one iconic training montage. And it's an awesome scene and it's an iconic scene running up the stairs and whatnot. But it doesn't really communicate the passage of time the way that you want it to. And a lot of times you get this idea that success in sports can be achieved overnight and you don't really get a sense of how long you have to work at something, the sort of Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour rule, yeah. right? Of you have to do the exact same thing over and over and over and over again, and then you might be okay. And then you got to yeah. do it over and over and over again for a second and third and a fourth time. Um, this movie, through the painting of the fence, through the waxing of the car, um, and there's one more. It's paint the fence, uh, what is side to side? What is it? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, shoot. Paint the fence is <laughs> up, down. Waxing yeah. the car is on and off. I don't the remember. crane? It's <laughs> side to side. No, not side to... I love that scene where he goes up, down. No, up, down. Uh, whatever that is. It communicates to you how long that takes. It's, it's a great mm. plot device of... You're not just painting this section of the fence. You're painting yeah. the entire fence. And that visualization um, is a really clever cinematic technique. The movie is, and the script is, incredibly clever in that way. Oh, oh no, I agree. It's Like I said, because when you finally realize what Miyagi's doing, you finally... You've kind of gone on that journey with uh, Ralph Macchio. What the hell is his name again? I, I keep forgetting the character's name. Ralph Macchio? The Karate Kid. Uh, I always forget. Why am I forgetting the Karate Kid's name? Oh, no. Holy oh, no. crap. Oh, no. No, Danielson. Danielson. I didn't Daniel have to Sun. Google okay, that. Okay. Danielson. Come on. There you go. Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> when Daniel. When. Well, no one calls him Daniel. It's Danielson. Danielson. Is that it? Danielson. I, right. that's, you know, that's why I haven't been able to piece it together because no one ever calls him Daniel. I guess his mother calls him Daniel and that's it. Okay. Hmm. Danny? Who, plays his who plays his mother? Is that Karen Allen? Why am I thinking? Is it Karen Allen? I'm trying to like recollect like certain pieces of this movie. I really should have rewatched it, but uh, I don't want to say it's Karen Allen because that'd be really cool if it was. I really like it seeing her when she pops up. Randy Heller is the Damn actress's right. name. Damn. Well, whatever. Yeah. But training montages are great. Um, the evil sensei, the head of mm. Cobra Kai is just oh, yeah. such an awesome villain. Again, like way like, like again, a great, great, great villain. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like fuck this guy. It's <laughs> very, he's very like 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 oversaturated evil. Like like no one would be this shitty to other kids. Sweep but, the leg. Oh my god. Sweep. Are the you qu Are you questioning my authority, <laughs> <laughs> Coach? I can beat this guy. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Sweep the so. leg amazing. And look, that entire climax from that to the crane kick to yep. Mr. Miyagi rubbing his hands together and doing the mm. healing. Yeah, it's great. Whatever stuff, the hell he man. what the hell is he doing there? Don't ask. That's why we cut away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> 
don't like what you're implying there. <laughs> I'm not implying anything, Nico. What are you talking about? Mr. Miyagi. Oh. Um, all that stuff. Uh, I, I doubt that Ralph Macchio would be good to go after that and that he would somehow win a karate bout. But uh, it's all right. I buy it. I buy it enough. You know, it's ancient Japanese healing powers. Mm. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. Uh, you're the best around. Such a good finale song. I so always good. Forget, I always, always, always forget that, that that's where this is like most iconic from. Yeah. You know, not quite as good as going to fly now, but it's right there. It's actually closer than you think. I would say right there. So yeah. good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. And that's the thing. Good music for the most part in a lot of these movies. Yeah. I really do like that. So. Yeah. That is one thing that sports movies do well is usually. the music. Um, usually else, have. Not so much. But these are three awesome movies and these are among my favorite movies of all time and the ones that I have seen the most. Um, that's what happens when you grow up in a household of sports fans. It's just constant. I know. You got to yeah. learn. Had- you you got to learn to love them. You know what I mean? It's survival or of the fittest over here you know we had well we had sports fans in my house it's just like my my dad would if, if you if you, if it came down between um jaws or the karate kid or even rocky for that matter he was going to throw on jaws every time or indiana jones so mm. just different preferences yeah alien was not shown to us at a young age if you can believe it no well alien wasn't shown to me i just said i want to watch it and my dad was like okay <laughs> so my dad would have been like, go clean out the yard. <laughs> You're never watching it? No way. Go paint the fence. <laughs> Wax on. Wax off. Uh, all right. Hoosiers. Okay. Directed by David Anspaw. Starring Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey, uh, star of Hannah and Her Sisters. Just talked about it. Yeah, that's right. I noticed that. And the great Dennis Hopper, nominated for Best Supporting Actor, Dennis Hopper was at the Academy Awards along with Best Original Score for Hoosiers. By Jerry Goldsmith, one of my favorite composers ever. One of the Love great film composers of all time, right? Awesome guy. Sure, top three or four all time. Mm-hmm. A coach with a checkered past and a local drunk train a small town high school basketball team to become a top contender for the championship. Uh, I flipped on this movie last night as I was doing research because this is just such comfort food for me. And mm-hmm. I thought, eh, I'll maybe do like 45 minutes or something. And then I did the whole thing. Yep. Uh, and that'll happen. Uh, I will say, I'll just get this out on Front Street. Yes, the final scene plays a little weird in 2020. <laughs> what do you mean it plays a little weird in 2020? All the white kids trying to beat all the black kids at basketball. <laughs> Oh, that's what you were getting. I had a different issue with the climax, but... Uh, okay, I, I will say that is like a common critique I see on the internet. I get like, what are you going to do? It's about a small town basketball team. And the most realistic outcome in the cha- in the state championship would be an all black inner city team, um, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, it does feel a little strange that there were no white kids on the evil team and all white kids <laughs> on the good team. There was a couple white kids. I saw a few. Okay. Okay. <laughs> trying to play devil's advocate here. It's the first yeah. time I saw the movie. I know. Yeah, yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Yeah, it's it really, is. really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's the my favorite basketball movie now. I don't know if I have anything that comes close, honestly. Yeah. Is there I mean, anything? There's a lot of basketball movies, but it's very one of the things that I noticed 
very early on was that it's oh this is a movie that they're drawing so much from this is where a lot of those templates were formed but it didn't bother me mm-hmm. it didn't bother me at all and i think a lot of that was just due to again gene hackman and some really fine direction and some decent screenplay here and i just yeah i it's again it it follows that formula still there's but there's there's a sort of it's just very well mannered in, in mm-hmm. its filmmaking, which I really appreciate. And it I, I don't know what it was. It was kind of reminding me of like the Dead Poets Society film of of um, basketball. I don't know if that's a apt uh, comparison. Just maybe it was just the look and feel of the movie and the way it moved. I think it might have something to do with the performances maybe. Um, with Hackman and Robin. I, I mean, I think about the scene where Hackman at the end, they walk into the giant arena. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And he takes mm. out the measuring tape and he measures the distance to the foul line and then the distance from the bottom to the top. That feels like a stunt that Robin Williams would pull in Dead Poets Society. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's just such a great like coach. That's such a great coach student moment. That's such a great well, teaching moment. You know, it's not like unbelievable too. That was the other thing I was because because I see a lot of like sports movies that revolve around a singular coach and the coach is just nuts mm-hmm. he's out of control and it's like there's no way anyone would be this in love with a guy like that but mm-hmm. they underplay it just enough and they give him just the right amount of like kind of cool lessons to make these kids like really fall in love with him especially that scene and it was funny because i knew exactly the point he was going to make before the movie made the point but even then i just loved it i still loved exactly where it was going and it was it was great to see him uh perform it as well as he did hackman's so good in this movie oh my god (laughs) this is the second this is the second week in a row that we're just gonna wax poetic about hackman but he is off the chart in this movie yeah really good um when did uh, you probably don't know who Bobby Knight is, but uh, he was the head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. Let me see when he's okay. Nineteen seventy-one. So I wonder how much of his character inspired the Gene Hackman character here, because Bobby Knight was a notoriously abusive college coach, one of the great oh. college basketball coaches of all time, but got in many scandals about shouting at players, profanities and yelling or throwing chairs at them and all that stuff. Um, and I, I just let me see if that might have been an inspiration. I, I didn't actually research this, um, but you're right. They downplay it just enough mm-hmm. where number one, he's good enough at his job that justifies keeping him on for a long period of time. He does have some unorthodox methods and not exactly the type of methods you would want to implement for high school students. Yeah. But he does care enough about his job and he has enough heart and enough affection for these kids. And by the end, when they're sitting in the locker room and he goes, no matter what happens here, I'm just so proud of you, young men. Yeah. Just brings a cheer to, tear, tear to your eye. It's really an incredible, uh, an incredible moment. Well, that's the thing. It's like I wouldn't call him an eccentric yeah, not quite. Because like, there is a similarity between him and like the Robin Williams character that you were getting at. But Robin Williams is just, just like out there, but it works because it's fucking Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a real fatherly bond with him and his and his his teammates here, and I it, it did work. And this is the thing is like, normally I would get very annoyed by a movie like this because, like I said, it, in from for all the sports movies that I've seen, this is not like reinventing the wheel at all for for me in terms of my experiences but again just something about the filmmaking something about it's it's it it, i don't know just how authentic it all feels and the performances and just i don't know it's just fun to 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 be training with these kids i don't know i just really jived with it uh turns out my hunch was correct norman dale was based on bobby knight first time feature Um. screenwriter angelo pizzo 
uh, grew up in Indiana and were roommates at Indiana University. So naturally, they wanted to make a movie about the state and its love of basketball. But while they had heard and been inspired throughout their lives by the story of the tiny 1954 Milan high school team, which this is based on a true story uh, yeah. that shocked everybody by winning the state championship, Pizzo discovered that they were too nice and had no real conflict. So instead, he made the team out of five of his friends from high school, created an assistant coach from scratch, the Dennis Hopper character, not a real character, and made Dale with Bobby Knight in mind, the uh, legendary Indiana University coach. Uh, I wondered what would happen if Knight punched a player, which I think later on, I don't know if he punched a player, but he definitely threw some shit at a player at some point. Mm -hmm. I utilized Knight's offensive philosophy, four passes before a shot. I also created an arc for him where he actually listened to a player. In real life, life, Knight was accused of several acts of violence and eventually dismissed from his position at Indiana for what the school's president described as, quote, a pattern of unacceptable behavior. Um, that's fair. I, yeah. I don't think Gene Hackman is that person, though. That's the, that's interesting, though, because he really isn't. Yeah. No, I He's mean, actually- there is a scandal. There was a moment of, of weakness where he punched a player. But, um, yeah, for the most part, he's pretty kind-hearted. Yeah, what they're describing is Fletcher. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fletcher takes it to another level. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you could have made a movie about Bobby Knight, though. And, it, it, you know, it had been an inspirational sports movie in 86. I'd love to see it. <laughs> um, I have to say the, the the climax of this movie, it, it, it has nothing to do with the, the weird race stuff that you were referring to. I just don't think it's a very good climax. OK. How so? It's just. If I'm to describe, if I'm to like prep people for this movie and tell them about it, I'm like, it's really good, but that ending is they go and they win. Mm. There's, it's weird the way it, 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 it's structured and plays out. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of stakes. As soon as it begins, you feel like they're going to win. And as it progresses, you feel like they're going to win. You're never like building up to the point where they make that final shot. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it, it just it's it's I'm not tense not like another movie that we'll talk about coming up mm-hmm. but um yeah I just I like I said I didn't feel the sense of stakes it just it felt like it was handed to them uh, yeah um sure it's not very I, climactic I think I'm that's saying. a given with a lot of these sports movies though uh, I don't know like I feel like th- there there are a lot of sports movies that you know play up that finale quite well I mean Rocky certainly does yeah that sure. climax is absolutely spectacular and yeah. like I said it's very climactic whereas this is just kind of it's a dud but you know they win and that's cool but you know yeah. it's not you don't really get like enraptured in the moment I would say not, it is and, yeah it's definitely in the locker room yeah it's definitely one of those sports movies where the practices and the training sequences are just more fun than the than the actual games uh, mm-hmm. and that's not unusual the games are sort of neither here nor there watching hackman talk to these kids in the locker room watching him blow up at the parents uh you know for for crowding the practice the the, mm. the whole sort of toxic culture of this small okay. town this overbearing small town is su- I'm sure such a real thing, especially in the state of Indiana. Uh, yeah. But it's so annoying and frustrating. And I could not imagine being one of these kids in a mm-hmm. town like this. Oh, yeah. It's just all so perfect. And I know we could spend another 20 minutes talking about Gene Hackman. We could turn this podcast into just a podcast about Gene Hackman. The Gene Hackman Hall of Fame, I'm sure, <laughs> would last us several weeks. 
we could do a best of Gene Hackman. See, I even like him in like the, his like quote unquote like lesser movies. Like, I mean, I don't, I even don't mind Crimson Tide because of him. I've never seen Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide is pretty good. I mean, gun to your head. What's the best Hackman performance? The blind man in Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> That's a oh man That's a tough question. Uh, Popeye. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, probably. I think I'm going Little Bill. Ooh, good, good choice, good choice. I think I go Little Bill and Unforgiven. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's he steals that. He's movie. really good in that. Yeah, and he's always Gene Hackman. <laughs> that's that's weird though. It's like yeah, because he's he is kind of himself for every movie, but like you just want more Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah, man, it it <laughs> just get works. Enough. There are a few actors like John Goodman is always John Goodman. Yeah, he works in every single movie he's in. And uh, he's the exact same way. And, you know, it was also great. Hopper's really good in this movie. Oh, God. Yeah. I was surprised by how good he was in it. And again, very Dennis Hopper, but reeled in just enough. And I I appreciated him as as this pathetic drunk. And I felt really bad for him. I thought he was quite good in the movie. Yeah, it's kind of a cliche character, and like the arc is uh, a little yeah. corny, the whole mm-hmm. redemption arc, but they don't really pull punches in that he relapses a lot and yeah. continues to drink, even though you think he's about to turn the corner. And he ends up watching or listening to this final game on the radio in the sanitarium. So, yep. um, it's great. It's, it's, uh, it's real. It's real enough. Part of his resurgence as an actor, too, that and Blue Velvet. So, Paps Blue Ribbon! Nothing beats that, though. Let's just be honest. So good in both these movies. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad yeah. you got something out of it. Really good. Really good. Um, yeah, it is It is really good, and there are just a lot of great sports moments. There's just that. Yeah. Those delicious scenes of, like, Hackman benching a player and leaving mm. four guys on the court just to prove a point or kicking <laughs> yeah. kids out of practices. Like all that, that's just delicious sports movie stuff. You know what I mean? Oh God, him, him getting kicked out of the game on purpose so yeah. that Dennis Hopper can out. do the thing. Throw me throw out. Me out. Just throw me out. <laughs> oh, I, come on! <laughs> I, it was great. Even, but even just the scenes with the, 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 the small kid trying to, to score a point and he sucks and then finally he comes around in the end. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm a short you know, person <laughs> really related to it. The underhanded three free throw. By the I way. know I didn't, I did not see that coming too. I was like, Oh, he throws underhand. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> oh no. The, yeah. The underhanded free throw. That was, that was old school, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was Rick Barry, man. That's bringing us back. I love watching that stuff though. I, the, the montages of him just, just sinking everything, everything. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Yeah. I, I want them to bring back the underhanded free throw. The, Malcolm Gladwell did a whole podcast about it. And essentially back in the seventies, Rick Barry was the only guy shooting underhand, but he was like shooting at an incredibly high rate free throws underhand. Wilt Chamberlain says, all right, I'm going to try shooting underhand. Mm-hmm. And he goes for a season and he shoots underhand and has the highest career percentage free throw shooting of his entire career. Wow. Single best season when he was shooting underhand. The following season, he decides to shoot overhand again. And again, his percentage goes down. And so they ask him, Wilt, why did you stop shooting underhand? And he goes, made me look stupid. And it's one of these great 
philosophical or these these psychological uh, premises. Malcolm Gladwell always does uh, interesting pieces on this. People are sometimes afraid of success, and they won't do what it takes to be successful because they're afraid they'll look stupid. So it's very hard to go against the grain, even if you can assure that you beat everyone else. Doing something unusual, doing something that looks awkward and bucking the trend is sometimes harder than you would think. Interesting. That's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Malcolm Gladwell, baby. <laughs> Rick Barry. Shoot underhand, kids. Always shoot underhand. That's the, that's, that's the message here. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh-oh. Am I not going to have fun with this conversation? What's this next movie? Are we talking Bull Durham now? Oh. Okay, yeah, let's talk Bull Durham. Written and directed by Ron Shelton, another guy that has done many sports movies. I think White Man Can't Jump. Yep. Uh, as well. Starring Kevin Costner, the king of baseball movies in the 80s. <laughs> Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. Nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the Academy Awards. A fan who has an affair with one minor league baseball player each season meets an up-and-coming pitcher and the experienced catcher assigned to him. Yep. All right, get it off your chest. Yeah, not a fan of this movie. That's too bad. Not a fan of this movie at all. Close to being ungood. Not quite there. Oh! Pretty pretty damn close. Uh, Classic my ass. Oh! Um, Um... I would have been tremendously more happy if you had nominated Field of Dreams because that's actually a good movie. Um, yeah, Field of Dreams f- is not better than Bull Durham, please. Okay, what what the hell were you thinking nominating this thing? This is the biggest ball of cheese I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it doesn't and even Field of close. Dreams is not? No. About yeah, the magical is- field in the middle of nowhere where ghosts I come know- and play? I know, right? <laughs> it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Stop it. Whoa, this movie is too much, man. Sugary as all hell, cheesy as all hell. I despise Susan Sarandon in this movie with all my heart. Uh, I find Kevin Costner annoying as always. Oh, no. Uh, boy, man. Yeah, I... I was very generous with this movie on my letterbox uh, um, rating, but like... Yeah, didn't like it. Did not like it. Yeah. Um, well, my least favorite baseball movie. I uh wow, okay. Yeah. Damn, dude. Um <laughs> Major League is better than this? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Well, let's talk let's take this in, in bits that Kevin Costner. Okay. I think is quite good in this movie. And you know me, I am not the biggest Costner fan in the world. And I am quick to jump on Costner if I don't like him in something. And that is quite often. I don't like him in many things. I know. Uh, I wrote something insane on my letterbox the other day (laughs) about this movie. And it's a theory that I have. And just tell me if this is... I'm just going to read it word for word. I'm not even going to explain it to you because this is sort of a, a convoluted reason why I love Kevin Costner so much in this movie. Uh, so there's a scene towards the middle of this movie after the Durham Bulls have won an uncharacteristic 10 games in a row on the team bus. Tim Robbins tells Kevin Costner that he's considering breaking his self-imposed celibacy and sleeping with Susan Sarandon and Costner in a state of outrage replies, 
never fuck with a winning streak. I imagine when writer-director Rob Shelton penned this line, he intended it to sound exactly as you just read it. Fuck synonymous with the word mess. Never mess with a winning streak. No punctuation needed. That's how you read the line, correct? Uh, how I read the the. No, if you the hear line? the, if you never, if you were to read on I, the page, never fuck with a winning streak. You would take it as never mess with a winning streak. I guess. I, I suppose. Okay. Let me continue. But when Costner reads the line after God knows how many takes, he appears to manufacture a comma in between fuck and with. Just watch the scene for yourself. He distinctly says, never fuck, pregnant pause, with a winning streak. Now, I could be sorely mistaking Adam Hall, but I'm uh, pretty sure that line reading drastically changes the meaning of the sentence. Under Costner's interpretation, the word fuck means fornication and the word with means in possession of. So in other words, he's saying don't fuck wow. dot 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 while on a winning streak. Yeah. This distinction is nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> In Shelton's script, Costner's character gives some pretty generic life advice that I'm sure you've heard from many superstitious friends many times. If you're on a hot streak, don't change anything. But in the movie, Costner's character delivers advice that is only applicable to a professional pitcher. When you've won this many baseball games in a row, do not have sexual intercourse. The advice is from the broad to the specific. Costner recognizes that his character, a hardened vet of the minor leagues, would not speak to his teammates in cliches, but instead opt for practical baseball advice. Version A is Hollywood bullshit. Version B is method acting. Oh. This is the very moment I realized Kevin Costner was a genius. It's also the moment I realized I needed the fuck out of quarantine. Here's my point, Adam. Sure, it's a comedy. Sure, it's a bit sugary. Maybe too sugary for your taste. Perhaps you wanted something with a little more substance, a little more grit, a little more meat on the bone. Certainly. I don't see it as that. I see this as a pure baseball movie about <laughs> baseball players being baseball players. And I love the detail and the specificity of that. Are you sure, are you sure it's... Are you sure it's like playing with this stuff properly? I mean, yes. I, it certainly it certainly doesn't do it properly with other characters. I can tell you that with Susan Sarandon's character, she's certainly not a real human being. I don't think so. I mean, she's a little slutty. Yeah, a little like loose. You got you got to understand something about people like Susan Sarandon's character is that usually women who are that promiscuous certainly have like other things about them that they're more ashamed of. They don't enjoy the process of going to do all that shit unless there's like a deep seated past and they just kind of sunk themselves into it. Um, they're not, there's not as many groupies as you would think. And there's even, well, certainly fewer, for not minor league baseball players. That's I'll say the, that. the problem. And there's even fewer who uh, look at it in a religious context. I don't know what the, fuck she was doing in this movie i don't know what her character was i don't know how you can watch a single scene where she's in and not cringe the entire time i think she's bad i kind of hated her in this movie wow. i was like i wouldn't you, say that i mean she's not I, my favorite performance but i don't think she's bad at all i i really hated every scene she was in 
I couldn't watch it. I, I, I had considered skipping it, but I was like, don't stop it, Adam. You can watch this movie for the love of God. And I did, but like those were pretty tough to get through. I just thought she was the most inauthentic human being I've ever seen. Talk to me about Tim Robbins. He's kind of a goofball, which is funny. He's, he's okay, but even he was inconsistent. I was not loving his performance, honestly. I think it was good, but I was sort of jumping back and forth where it's like the scene where he's in the the the, the billiards bar was really good with mm-hmm. him and Kevin Kevin Costner, but like many other scenes like where he's acting like a surfer, I'm like, what? I don't know. It, it, there was a weird contrast, and I wasn't the, quite responding to it, but it was okay. How about, this, how about the scene at the beginning in the bar where they get in the bar fight, and he goes, all right, throw that ball right at my chest, and he throws it through the window. <laughs> It's just so silly. Like, dude, I don't know. This movie. It's a comedy. Yeah, but it should have been an animated film. I don't know. What? (laughs) There are many things in it that would have made more sense as an animated film, in all honesty. (laughs) It's a comedy, dude. It's light. It's not very lame. It's not Pride of the Yankees. I don't care, man. It's not funny. Um, it's, It's just, I don't know. I, I was not responding to that comedy at all. I just thought it was v- incredibly cheesy beyond belief. Man, the scenes of Costner talking to himself at the at the plate and then Robbins talking to himself on the mound, just being like, who does this guy think he is? I'll show him or whatever. And then he hangs the slider and the guy hits it out the park. You know, yeah. I, like him like telling the batter, just tipping him off because he's throwing off his signals. Shaking off his signals, just telling the batter what kind of pitch he should be looking for. Like all that stuff I just find to be awesome baseball minutia. And mm-hmm. I just liked being on the road with these pathetic players. Yeah. Um, I, I, so many times you see a story of victory. And this was just a story about some pathetic guys that are really never going to make it. They suggest that Tim Robbins may make it one day if he can get his act together. But Costner was a guy that never made it. He had a 20-year career almost and he spent only 30 days in the major leagues the rest of it he's just been bouncing around all these minor league teams there's something so authentic about that and i love all the baseball stuff and i love the sort of generational story Mm -hmm. of uh of the the guy that is young and is a know-it-all and it's just blessed with raw talent and the older wiser guy that had to achieve what he achieved through just grit and tenacity the desperation of these characters is uh, although it's a comedy and although it's in a sugary package and although it's marketed as a rom-com, <laughs> there's a lot of awesome baseball stuff in it. And it's just like a guy yeah. that likes baseball. I enjoyed those elements. I guess I don't like baseball. And so maybe that's my problem. Well, we've established I that. I, I don't, yeah, I don't enjoy baseball. Just generally speaking, uh, I'm not interested in baseball in the slightest and I needed some good characters and some solid relationships and something that felt real, and I didn't get that here. I don't know. It, it's just... How about the manager barking out on, uh, in, the, uh, in the dugout? Hey, what? guys, let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Hey, oh. uh, let's go, baby. <laughs> oh, that one dude. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He that shit's hysterical. Yeah. We'll get them a wedding present, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they're on the field. We'll get them a wedding present. What's a good wedding present? <laughs> oh, how do you not like Bull Durham? It's not good. Yeah, it's un- It's it's whatever. It's it's perfectly fine and serviceable. That's the thing. I just found it incredibly disposable too. That was the other issue. League of Their Own is so much better, and I'm really annoyed that we didn't nominate that because it is leaps and bounds ahead of this movie in almost every way. 
You didn't really like League of Their Own, though. That's one of the reasons I never, why no, I stayed No, I didn't away from say it. that. It was just I was just thinking about sports movies. I'm like, I'm not just I'm not terribly enthused about it, but it's a good movie. I love a League of Their Own. Yeah, I like a League of Their Own a lot. I'm not like I said. I'm not like jumping at the moon to like talk about it, but I but I enjoy it quite a bit. I enjoyed it a lot more than this movie. No crying in baseball. Fuck it. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Every scene with Tom Hanks is wonderful. I don't know how you can't enjoy a movie where Susan Sarandon ties up Tim Robbins BDSM style and begins reading him Walt Whitman. And I don't know how you can enjoy that. What in the hell was that? What else are you looking for in a motion picture? <laughs> I'm looking for some people to have their heads stomped in in an elevator by Ryan Gosling. That's what I want. That's all I want. Can you just let loose every once in a while? <laughs> that is letting loose, God damn it! Why do you think that that's not me letting loose? <laughs> just, you know, just enjoy Bull Durham, for God's sake, man. No. It's very much the opposite of my kind of film in terms of tone and attitude. So, yeah. All right, one last movie then. Oh, okay, man, cool. I, I hate you so much. <laughs> Friday Night Lights from 2004, the last movie chronologically on this list and also the last movie we're talking about today, directed by Peter Berg. Interestingly, the, yeah. A tour behind, uh, what's that movie with the oil rig? I Mark like Wahlberg. a lot of his, I like his trilogy of Mark Wahlberg movies. <laughs> <laughs> As I've said in the past. It's I like, like the man with no name trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I and they're all based on real events. No, I like every single movie that he's done with Mark Wahlberg, except for what is it? That mile 88 or whatever it's called. It's on Netflix or something. I forgot what it was. Spencer it Confidential. Out. What? Spencer Confidential just came out a month ago. By Peter Berg? Yeah. Peter Berg directed and, and Mark Wahlberg stars. Right. And apparently it's very bad. All right. Um... So, but, so what are we looking at here? Patriots Day, Deepwater uh, Horizon, and Lone Survivor. And Lone Survivor. I love yeah. all three of those movies. Aside from you, the love all three of them. Oh God! I mean, I I mean, Patriots Day is awesome. Patriots. I like. Day's pa- I I do like Patriots Day. Yes. Really good. And I actually think uh, uh, Deepwater Horizon's kind of excellent. And I have then, not uh, seen Deepwater Horizon. Really like Deepwater Horizon. And aside I, from the title, I really like Lone Survivor. I just don't care for it in any way. Uh, I don't I like, like it. I, like I just it don't lot. know how you know hitching your wagon to Marky Mark is <laughs> like. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's not exactly Scorsese De Niro here. <laughs> Who cares, man? <laughs> Peter Berg is neither of those directors, so mm. or Ber- rather, he's not that director. Berg squared. <laughs> Peter Berg well, and Wahlberg. Uh, Berg squared. <laughs> Jesus, it's good. They're all. All three of those movies are really good. Deepwater Horizon's awesome. Uh, here's a really good Pete Berg movie, though. Uh, starring Billy Bob Thornton, as we just talked about, Lucas Black, Garrett Hudland, Connie Britton, and Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. Nominated for zero Oscars, based on H.G. Bissinger's book, which profiled the economically depressed town of Odessa, Texas, and their heroic high school football team, the Permian High Panthers. Uh... This might be one of my favorite sports movies of all time if the television show Friday Night Lights did not exist, starring Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton as well, because that right there is one of the great high school television shows ever. Actually, yeah, no need to qualify it. One of the great television shows ever. Friday Night Lights is an incredible network show. 
Um, and it is better than this movie, but that is not to disparage this movie, which I like quite a bit, and you watched for the first time. Yeah, I did watch it for the first time. It was one of my... It's, I'm surprised it took me so long to see it. It's, it was one of my old roommates' favorite movies. And I always told him that I would watch it, and I never got around to it because I was too busy, busy watching, like, Prisoners and Hunger, you know, grand old time. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, finally I watched it. And, uh, yeah, pretty surprised. It was really good. Mm. Yeah, really, really good. It's uh, one of the best football movies I've seen. Uh, but very n- not what I expected at all. And I think that was the thing that was like, like it took me a while to adjust to it. And I think it'll get better the more I let it sit with me. But um, yeah, I, I don't think I took into, I don't think I realized how football focused this was going to be. Like this is, in my opinion, the most sports movie of every movie on this list, if I'm being totally honest. It okay. Is, it's so deeply ingrained in f- football and the mentality behind it in everyone's lives as they are affected by the sport in a way that I've never fully understood before. And it's got a, it's so stylized. Oh my God. This, this, it's this very movie, stylish. Yes. Every scene feels like a montage sequence. A lot um, of handheld. Yeah. It's in, it didn't always work. I mean, the, the amount of snap zooms in here would make you puke. Almost made me puke. There's a shit ton of them. It's very like documentary style in a lot of ways. It's a lot of, and it's weird. The movie has this funny approach where it's sort of, it always has a distance from the characters, yet by the end of it, you kind of know who everybody is. Mm. You know, you're never allowed to really like sink into one person for a given amount of time because the movie always feels like it's on the move. Mm. And just when you think a scene is about to do it, it jumps to the next scene. And it just, it's, it's got just an Altman a, quality to it, if you will. Yeah. It, it's very stressful and you're anxious the entire time. And the movie just commits to that like season that they're in and how that must feel. And I think one of the things I appreciated about this movie more than any other movie on the list is that, I mean, if we're talking specifically about football, it short, it sort of goes out of its way to shut up anybody who says that it's just a game. Mm. Cause I'm, I mean like, yeah, I can't watch this. I can't, I could never, I mean, it's not something I would say, you know, in the past anyway, but I really couldn't even think that thought anymore after seeing this movie. Mm. Cause I mean, it just makes it out to like, like football is like a battle and it's like a war and oh, it's, everyone, a, it's a lifestyle. It's beyond yeah. that. It's yeah. a creed. Yeah. A- everyone involved with it is an, is affected both positively and negatively in more ways than you thought possible. And mm-hmm. it was kind of scary at times and it heartbreaking and i yeah like like really kind of a fascinating watch not not entirely entertaining the entire way through but that wasn't always the point and yeah really not at all what i expected cool movie yeah it it's definitely uh the the most location specific of any of these movies yeah although like philadelphia is a big part of rocky and obviously indiana is a big part of hoosiers this one feels like the best sort of uh encapsulation of a town and of a place and in a, in a sense of atmosphere. Um, <laughs> you, you really get a sense of what football means to a small Texas town. Well, you know, it was funny. When I was watching it, I was actually thinking of uh, The Last Picture Show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it made me think, like, the, the beginning of Last Picture Show is them losing that game. And I thought, oh, I could watch this as, like, a prequel to The Last Picture Show. Right. And everybody and, at the last, in The Last Picture Show can't stand this team because they blew it. Yeah, and one of the things I like about that would actually work because it would it would actually work as a sequel only because one film is frenetic and crazy and you're stressed out the entire time, and then right. the sequel is 
oh, fuck, what are we going to do? Yeah. And that's yeah, it. I, I will say <laughs> the handheld camera, uh, the sort of frenetic pacing of it all, is definitely adapted by the show. Um, uh, Peter Berg directed the pilot and used some of the same techniques. I don't know if this is true of the movie, but in the television show, they did not do any blocking. There was no blocking whatsoever, kind of like how the Safdies do it these days, mm. where they just let the characters sort of go, and they set up like five cameras, and they just try to capture the action as though they're shooting a documentary. Yeah. Even the scenes like at home between uh, the coach and his wife are very intimate and invasive because of that. Yeah. And I actually think it's it's a uh, an acquired taste for sure, and I'm sure it's not everybody's bag. I really enjoy that style of filmmaking. I know I even enjoy it more than you at times. Um, it's always one of the things that I loved about this movie and about the show. Mm-hmm. It, it is so unique in how they shoot small town life. I don't think I've seen another movie of this kind that shoots it in this way. Uh, mostly yeah. like you save this style for like a Soderbergh thriller. Like Soderbergh yeah. often does that a lot. I think about Haywire, for example, feels a lot like Friday Night Lights and its technique. You usually reserve that for stuff that's a little more amplified for action movies, for genre pictures, um, to see just a football practice shot yeah. like a spy thriller is Nuts. at first off-putting, but I think it's also really cool. Oh, God. it take Well, that was the thing, is that it definitely took me a little while to adjust to, because, like I said, it's it's so vibrant in that style, and it commits to it the entire way through, which I didn't expect at all, because mm-hmm. when I was watching the movie, it starts, and I was like, oh, my God, that was a 10-minute opening montage sequence. That's what it yeah. was, essentially. Yeah. And then it keeps doing that. And I'm like, oh, that's just the movie. And that's just the storytelling that they're going for. And I'm like, okay, okay. And, you know, it was interesting. I liked the movie as, like, an exercise for me personally. Because a lot of people might go into this movie and say, I don't like it for that style. But mm-hmm. I, I tell people a lot, like, once you realize what a movie is, it's sort of your responsibility. Like, if you didn't go in with those expectations to adjust to what the movie is, to sort of realign what your, your perception of what the movie is. Because if you go in, like, if I went in thinking this was going to be Rudy, I would have been pissed off. Mm. And then when I finally sat down, I'm like, oh, it's this kind of movie. I was able to sink in a little better, which right. I've not always done in the past, which has maybe ruined my experience. But I did a, I did a much better job with this. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, I I understood why they that, that, that choice was made. So It's kind of like a challenge for yourself. Yeah, no, seriously, it was. Because you're right, I don't, generally like that style a lot of times it just feels unnecessary like in like black klansman i have no right. idea why they use that in black klansman but here it's like well it it does kind of work with like the, the amount of psychological distress that's going on not just with the players but with the coach and i think one of the best examples of it is in the scene and not when they're actually playing football but when uh billy bob thornton goes to the quarterback's house and the mom is sick and he's just talking about you know, like getting out of the town and mm. what his chances are and how football is that chance and so on and so forth. And the difference between the way the the uh, quarterback is shot versus the way Billy Bob Thornton is shot is very distinct. And it's like, okay, it is a choice and it's a very specific and deliberate choice and it's mannered in all the right ways. And I respected it a lot more than I would other movies. Yeah, a lot of times handheld photography is used for no reason. And that's just I, sort of become a popular thing. Like Adam McKay, for example, shoots everything handheld now. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It just makes no sense. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. But the problem is most of the time there doesn't seem to be a reason why. It's and I think that's more. Yeah, that's more bothersome than anything. This feels like they're shooting a documentary. 
This yes. feels like it's slice of life. It's observational. Like no, I am gonna... a fly. I'm a fly on the wall for events that I should not be privy to. That's what I was saying, though. It does feel very documentary like and why like when uh, uh, when I started talking about it, I said, you do feel like you're at a distance for most of the movie, even though by the end of it, you know who everyone is. And that's very mm-hmm. documentary like. Mm-hmm. So and uh, also, yes, there there is um, a lot of emphasis on the football. And you're right. Football so is is life and death for these kids. It's everywhere. And- <laughs> Man, if you thought that was stressful in a two-hour runtime, just like watch five seasons of this show, uh, and <laughs> yeah. you know you you fall in love with like these troubled kids who, you know, do some questionable things. They do teenage things because teenagers often get into some trouble. Um, but man, I, I'm watching that show and I'm just so nervous for like these kids and whether or yeah. not they're going to be okay and whether or not they're going to make it in the world and. Yeah. Uh, it really is like in terms of like a character study and um, like a coming of age story. It really doesn't get better than that TV show. So, so good. I, I don't know if it's still streaming on Netflix or not. I forced my I sister know. and my mother to watch it and they fell in love with it, too. Everybody that watches this show falls in love with it. Um, and most people just think, oh, it's like Beverly Hills 90210 or it's like Melrose Place or it's just another teen drama. It's not that at all, man. It's so smart. It's mm-hmm. so fucking good. And Kyle Chandler is unbelievable. Yeah, as Coach heard, Taylor, unbelievable really on that show, and so is Connie Britton for that matter. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to stress that uh, Billy Bob Thornton is really good in the movie, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like a really good coach. And I mean, he gives a lot to to the performance, and just how, just how I mean, like just how desperate he feels at times, and how aggressive he can get. And I mean, just the, the amount of stress that he feels by the parents to do a good job. It's just, it's, I think he's actually, I was surprised by how much I like Billy Bob Thornton in the movie. He really made a pretty good impression, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Connie Britton is sort of relegated to the background in the movie. She's barely in it, if I remember correctly, um, yeah. as the wife. Her role in the TV show is greatly expanded, and it's kind of like a two-hander. She's a main character along with her husband, um, and she's is like she, this. Is she plays a character? No, it's a different character. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the. Essentially. It's the same story with just, yeah, different character names. Okay. Coach, wife, similar uh, team situation, uh, same kind of town. Uh, I think it's, uh, what what is the town? They're, they're the Panthers, but they're not the Permian Panthers. I'm forgetting the name of the town now on Friday Night Lights, but it's it follows the same beats. Connie Britton is amazing in the TV show. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this movie a lot. It for will forever be in the shadow of that show. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as you did. I thought you might. Yeah, it's good. Really good. Okay. So, uh, all right. So that's that. And uh, there's no way we're not going to give it to Rocky, right? No. It's this is this is the second chance podcast for Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you just wanted it in. <laughs> what did it lose to? Taxi Driver last time. Yeah. 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 It did. 76. Yeah. So that was a tough one there, but. Uh, yeah. I know. It's ta- it just is Taxi Driver. That was a tough... I mean, there's some arguments to be made, but there is no movie Hall of Fame that does not have Taxi Driver in it. We had to we had to do it. And look, in fairness, there's no movie Hall of Fame that doesn't include Rocky in it. So, uh, much like Rocky 2, Rocky <laughs> returns to the ring for his second chance, and he comes out with a chip. Congratulations to uh, Sylvester Stallone. For earning a spot in the movie Hall of Fame. Good job, man. All right. 
There it is. That's your fucking sports pod. Are you happy? I am. Have you decided what you're going to torture me with yet? I could do Godzilla films. (laughs) We talked about this. Yeah, I know. We had another plan for it, though. Yeah. One day we're going to do that. Uh, I got to think about that still. Like, my kind of movies? I mean... I don't know what that qualifies as. <laughs> My kind of movies. It's just like the only thing that came to mind was Godzilla, you know. But that um, that's a that's a tough thing to choose th- from. You know, there's so many. So, uh, is there like a director, like John Carpenter, maybe? I could expose you to some Carpenter. Yeah, I mean, honestly. I've seen most of them, uh, and we've talked a lot of Carpenter in the past. You haven't seen like some that you probably should though. I mean, there's a there's one in particular that I've been meaning to watch that I should see called In the Mouth of Madness, which is like one of his most underrated. So, are there any but other horror know. directors? Are there foreign directors you want to expose me to? Hmm, boy, we could do a Kurosawa pod. We just did two Kurosawa things, didn't we? Well, he was on. We didn't necessarily talk about his entire filmography i mean you I've need seen to watch two kurosawa movies that's a you lot. need to watch yojimbo the problem is we already inducted seven samurai so it's right like, all right we've, we've gotten that out of the way exactly um i'm trying to think of a director that would that's the thing i don't know we'd well, have to think about this off air i think think it over yeah and then we'll do it next week you just don't want to do godzilla <laughs> yeah no shit i don't want to do godzilla <laughs> I mean, right, I'll do cut. it if you. I'll do it if you want. Well, we'll we'll talk about. Did you just? Not, what did you, What did you just say? How about we do a Takashi Miike pod? Would you rather have that? I'll do Godzilla. <laughs> All right, I'll do Godzilla. <laughs> no, here, here's a. I'll do Godzilla, but do five. Let's not do six. Okay. Okay. And I've already seen the original Godzilla. We would include that, though, is the thing. Okay. I think four Godzilla movies in the next week is fair. Okay. I think this is fair. I made you watch three sports movies. I got to really think over like the movies I'd want to talk about. It's it's funny because a lot of the ones that I would nominate don't have other monsters in them, interestingly enough. Okay. You could nominate the Gareth Edwards one and it would make it a lot easier on me. I might. No, there's a there's a conversation to be had about even that one because I think Godzilla is very interesting in that like you can cover a lot of history, a lot of movie history, but a, a lot of cultural history with those films. And there's so many eras in 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 that franchise that you sort of need to like I, if I'm going to nominate them, they have to cover the the Godzilla eras. So that's the thing. All right. Yeah, I could do that. All right. Let's do it. Coming next week, we're talking Godzilla. Oh, boy. You are going <laughs> to like... The long-awaited Godzilla Cup podcast as penance for all that I've done to you. <laughs> You're going to like maybe one of them that I nominate. I think oh, all boy. the other ones you hate. Oh, all the other God. ones you hate. Just just prepare yourself. You might only enjoy one of them. You should know. I never nominated a movie thinking you're going to hate it. Well, that's no. It, this, this is the I thing. Never, is that, like, I never do that to you. I don't want to do that to to you. I just know you too well. It's like the, the the thought of a Godzilla pod just gives you shudders. But it's like no, like it's fun. It's cool. We don't have any other opportunity to talk Godzilla, do we? 
Fine. All right. Next week, <laughs> I'm going to bite the bullet. Uh, also, coming up next week, why is this a thing? The five-year anniversary. Yeah, that's right. It's going right. to be a lot of fun. I've been working on some stuff, so that should be a, a fun variety show. I don't know what we're doing. I haven't quite figured it out yet, but that's another thing we'll talk about off air. And uh, we, we just talked about the counselor. Otherwise, this is the thing. That episode is available already, so you can go ahead and listen to that. Please listen and watch the movie if you so please. This week on Two Cents wow. Radio, Rob, Nick, and myself listened to 8-Track Porn and narrated it. So uh, check that out if you're so inclined. Mm. And I think that does it. Sometimes I think, how we don't have more subscribers. How we don't. I mean, it just baffles me sometimes. Baffles the mind. It's a mystery I'll never unlock. All right. I love you. Until next time. Hey, Nico. You can take your apology and your trophy and shove it straight up your ass. Yeah, baby. (laughs) 